Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, okay. Ready. Welcome to Ambridge on the Couch. An in-depth look at the arches with me, Harriet Carmichael, Lucy V. Freeman and Matt Rodriguez-Payne. Now, before we make a start on your emails... Let's and Jeff re- Thomas, you've missed him off completely oh, now. Because you know, <laughs> it's not, it wasn't deliberate. It's because oh, I hadn't altered the, the bloody script. script. <laughs> sorry, Jeff. Sorry. sorry, sorry. Jeff. It's because I, I swapped my name yeah. for Jeff's. <laughs> But that meant Jeff didn't get shout out at all. <laughs> it's really hard to remember what to say when you're actually just reading a script, you know? Yeah. I'm going to just try and do it from memory next time. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, anything could happen, Lucy. Crazy times. If I start to sound <laughs> odd throughout order throughout the, the, this podcast, by the way, it's because I've put a face pack on just before we started. <laughs> so it's gradually... I'd never used it before, so I wasn't quite... Oh, no. So my face has gone quite hot and quite tight, so I'm not quite <laughs> oh, no. sure what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. It's if going I... to be like that fish feet all over again. <laughs> Do you remember? Like, oh, God, yes. Didn't you do the podcast with your feet in a fishbowl? No, we imagined that I did, but I didn't. Oh. But I I'd, I'd was using that stuff, wasn't I, that you put on your feet and then your feet fall what? off, basically. God, that still makes yeah. me feel sick. So now your face is about to now fall off mid-podcast. Yes. You should do a before and after, though. Do a before, cause, and we can put it on a reel. Let's do a reel. God, no. Uh, do, do a before reel. Oh, no, you've got it on now anyway. You can't yes. take it off, can can you take it off and put it back on again? No, I can't. Is it one of those laser ones where you lie on the bed with like a robot mask on? Yes, I'm doing and... that, obviously, on the bed <laughs> with a robot mask on while recording a podcast. You sound incredible. <laughs> you know, like what Victoria Beckham does, it looks really scary. It oh, looks like I know, those yeah. masks that um, yeah. people wore in World War One when they came back. Yeah, and you've got like bloody injuries. Blade Runner. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> but apparently it works. Apparently. I think I had it done once when I had a facial and they did um la- they did laser. Laser resurfacing. Was, yes, whatever, mm. something. Mm. And it was horrible and she didn't tell me that the lights were going to change colour and it went from green to bright red. So I instantly thought something terrible was happening. I just went <laughs> and shot up and all the stuff fell off and there was like stuff and she she started screaming because she didn't know what happened. It was so scary. Oh, it's like in an eye test where you get those, you know, when you see the the um, capillaries or whatever yes. they're called. Oh, I hate that. I just hate seeing things in my eyes. Do you know what that's called? What? Do you realise we haven't even done the introduction yet? Anyway, um, that's called, um, I think this is right, Perkinji's Tree. And the man oh. that, the man that um, discovered it was an optician called Perkinji, something like that. And well, when um, you see the and, and branches. Yeah, the, the branches out of your capillaries are called Perkinji's Tree. 
well done. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like picking cheese trees, and I never want to see them again. Thanks, because it's scary, don't you think? You're seeing inside of yourself, which is not right. Yeah. Yes. Only no, it's called Pakinji's tree. I was right. Pakinji's tree. Oh, right. Well yeah. done. Yes. Like it's a good name. Good name. Mm. It's an image yeah. of the retinal blood vessels in one's own eye, first described by Perkinier in 1823. Wow. What um, nationality is that, actually? Perkinier. <laughs> <laughs> you just sounded like um, the National <laughs> Theatre of Brent then. What uh, what nationality is that actually? Uh, who is it actually? Um, what is Desmond. it though? I don't. Who is it actually, Desmond? <laughs> it is. It is being French. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Prague. Quite Prague. 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 Oh, Czech. of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I forgot my Pragian names. Yeah. <laughs> Son of. Pekinsk. Yeah. Oh God, don't start that again. <laughs> um, See, that was an ill-advised stab. We actually Sorry, turned out yes. all right, wasn't it? Actually, really very because interesting, we, we, Lucy. We knew what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, yes. yeah. And hmm. um, um, I can't remember why we were even talking. Oh, because you've got your face mask you've got on. Your fa- I've got my face mask on. And you were telling me that you didn't like having... I didn't like going into the red mm. on my eyes. Yes. And... Um, which is interesting, Lucy, because we were actually talking about how dangerous going into the red is on our levels. Yes. So. Yes. It's all links. When you say interesting, I think that's a bit <laughs> of a reach, but anyway. It's fine, we can just cut all this out. Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> now, before we make a start on your emails, let's have a recap of what happened this week in Ambridge. We began the week with Tony flat on his arse in a muddy field. Oliver came trotting into the dairy, apologising profusely for selling the land to the Titchener's, for not buying any cheese, then for selling the land at all. <laughs> too late, Oliver, you've unleashed the Titchener on the next generation and buying a wadge of sterling gold is too little too late. So... Trent has apparently gone from the orangery, but Connor has arrived, which apparently means Chelsea has to suck up to him like a hoover as the orangery is her living until the hairdressing takes off. As by now, she has done the hair of absolutely everyone in the village, sometimes whether they want her to or not. I would suggest that she either isn't very good at it or she's not charging enough. There is literally no one left. There's no one left at Lower Loxley either, as they're all leaving to go to Gay Grables, where everything is new and shiny, and they will be surrounded by those pictures you buy as a job lot at Ikea, usually featuring jetties going into a lake, instead of the tight-lipped portraiture of a hundred pargeters. Lily is using Chelsea as a double agent, which is a risky move, as Chelsea's got a gob on her like a barn door. <laughs> Elizabeth is control, presumably, sitting in a grimy grey cardigan in her office, muttering, there are three of them and Alaline. It turned out that Lily was actually after a job herself, but was still horrified at the idea of anyone else leaving. I'll give you a little employee motivation tip, though, Lily. Probably don't laugh heartily when one of them suggests they'd enjoy going to the gym, <laughs> then seemingly offer them a hand job in the car if they stay. <laughs> Poor old Brad left there at a jog trot. So the new buyer of the Grundy land has turned out to be Jack, which is surprising <laughs> and required Helen to do her gritty wobble voice. I am a little confused about Helen's outrage. Why would Rob leave half a million quid to a child that wasn't his? But anyway... <laughs> 
She made the frankly insane decision to tell Henry that his brother was a trust fund half millionaire and he wasn't on the grounds that she didn't want any more secrets. For crying out loud, Helen, that was one of the ones it would have been a good idea to shut up about. Henry seemed, as it turned out, less cross about the money and more cross about the fact that he didn't have a dad. Or he did, but he was probably Norwegian and spent a lot of time getting busy with a little plastic pot. (laughs) However, they finally listened to us. The entire Bridge Farm Archers have gone into therapy. Henry started therapy at school. Helen started therapy in Borchester. Almost immediately, one therapist put in for a raise and the other went off sick with stress. Sharpen those pencils and invest a lot of A4 writing pads, chaps. You're going to need them. Natasha has started talking to Tom as if he's a slightly dim-witted colleague who's been promoted (laughs) above his abilities and she's trying to work out how he got there. Unfortunately, he doesn't really help himself by saying things like, that's Titchener land, like he's Wild Bill Hickok rather than a man who can't sweep up under a high chair without having a nervous breakdown. Natasha is unwilling to give up on the purchase of the Grange farmland. And to be honest, now she knows the new landlord is five, she could probably get it by giving him a Chupa Chups lolly and a Spider-Man t-shirt. <laughs> Natasha is unfortunately a celebration hijacker. One of those people who announced they're having a baby in the middle of the vows at someone else's wedding. Anyway, it backfired (laughs) spectacularly with Pat in the middle of cutting the cake when Tony wrestled the knife off her and went after Tom, closely followed by Helen. Paul seems to have regressed since his mother has joined the veterinary practice. But to be fair, Denise seems to have regressed also. Last time I checked... I'm not doing it and you can't make me is not a constructive way to address one's line manager, even if you are going to be nobbing him in a fortnight. After a lot of squabbling, they managed to find and sell Lillian one bag of dog food between them. Well done, you two. You're a boon. Hinge and bracket, whatever they're called, would be delighted with your sales figures, I'm sure. Denise is doing a dance fit class and Alistair went along to it too. Alistair was a bit shy about going as he claimed he had two left feet. But in my experience, oh, you were right. No, was, sorry, it was just a delivery. Oh, it sounds like you'd fallen over. Um, I just had a I'd left. left. <laughs> thought you'd fallen off your chair. <laughs> Alistair was a bit shy about going as he claimed he had two left feet. But in my experience, dance fit mostly consists of the fit people who don't need to be there looking at themselves <laughs> in the mirror and everyone else sniggering at the back and farting gently every time they bend over or peeing themselves a bit when the music starts to get a bit quick. <laughs> and finally, we entered the week with more gritty wobble Helen. This time it was her threatening to leave the endless cycle of fear, blame, apology and victimhood that keeps Bridge Farm the jolly place it is. For once, I was right behind her. That lot will turn anything into grist for their particular mills and Titchener handed them enough grist for a lifetime. Get out, Helen. You can leave Henry, as he seems sound, but clear off yourself. Leave them all to their cold comfort farm, doom, gloom, something nasty in the woodsheds and squabbling. Head for the sunlit uplands of Weatherfield. ta Chuck. The end. <laughs> Oh, I was so happy that Natasha came up with that plan. <laughs> I know. Pretending, uh, pretending it was a nice thing to do. And my, Honestly, Tom, it's so selfless of us. I think we should probably be up for a CBE or some sort of community award. Pride of Britain yeah. is what we're doing. But I was thinking, I when he was going, should we do it when she was going, should we do it now, Tom? I know, I now. Know. I was like, no, if you have to keep oh. asking somebody if you're going to do it now, that means they don't want to do it. So don't do it. Oh, but it also I just loved the fact she was, because she cannot, she's such an attention seeker, isn't yeah. she? Without, you know, she desperately wants to be the hero. Yeah. And I yeah. actually felt really sorry for her. that, that <laughs> I, was, I would have been affronted. I actually thought it was a really good idea. And well, it was apart from... A, it's nothing to do with her, again. 
you know, yeah, this isn't yeah, her yeah, sister. But- this isn't. I know. I, I know. But there are boundaries with with in laws, and you don't just go wading into, especially a family that bloody complex. I, well, of co- of course not. But again, spineless Tom, who should oh, have just gone. Yeah. Honestly, let's. If we're going to talk about it, should we just let's leave it? But bit, she's a runaway just, train, isn't she? she yeah, you can't she's stop brilliant. her I when, love she, when it. she when she puts it into gear. <laughs> everyone's just has to leap into the hedges because you know. And I just love the fact that she presents everything as I'm a good person, yeah. when of course everything is done with a motive to make herself more financially stable. But poor oh, Helen, though, I did feel sorry for it, where she kept going. Could I just? Yeah, no, but yeah. Could, but could, 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 right, fine, I'm off then. Bye. And then they were like, <gasps> Yeah, you, you can't leave. leave. I saw no. something nasty in the woodshed. You can't leave. Most families would, I think, probably go, I think that's actually a really good idea. Change of scene, you know. Most families, if they were nice, would go, <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, sorry. Yes. Yes. We'll yes. all wind down next in because this isn't yes. this isn't actually our battle. It's yours. They're your children. They're your you're a grown up. You're in charge. If you need our help, we're here. Otherwise, we'll back off. Instead of making everything, every every flipping family get together they have turns into a sort of parish council meeting, with everybody yes. thinking that they've got a valid reason to go wading in to what oh, is not their business but 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 then also it was all i think blown way out of proportion anyway mm. i feel like what telling henry was definitely the most <laughs> stupid thing to do he is 30 barely yeah. 13 well she said tonight it's not happening for 14 years. And I thought, and yet you decided to tell him I, already. Exactly. Who knows what will happen in 14 yeah. years? They could have Brought sold the whole Helen. farm, split the proceeds, yes. and Henry could get his half a mil, whatever. Exactly. Or Henry's real biological mm. dad comes looking for, you know, one of his 5,000 million children. And yeah. he happens to be a multi-billionaire. You know, it's yeah. Like, yeah. you just don't, it's just not worth it. I, I actually have a friend who has a similar situation with her boys in that the eldest boy, because very sadly his his uh, mum died when he was a baby. And he and so he inherited pretty much everything. And that was a lot and and she um she brought that son up oh. and and so he's her son but then she has two other sons mm. and they won't be inheriting you know this mm. fortune but it's just not a big deal in their family yeah it's like isn't he lucky this is so wonderful yeah and what we can do now is we can you know we'll we'll, we can support the other two you know it's just it's just so i think the difference is you in that situation that you can you can relate it to the you can and also it happened before the other kids were born yeah and also yeah. he loved his mother and didn't yes didn't yes exactly you know he it lost was... his mother the yeah. the the you you know the 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 scant compensation is that his yes. inheritance yes that's very but, true but when you have a parent that was vile yes then it comes with baggage yeah yeah but then in that case, if you, if it, then like, I don't know, yeah, Jack inherits the land, they sell the land, give all that money to refuge. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. make something incredible yeah. out of it. Yeah. yeah. But, but of course, you know, it's easier for, for other people to say, isn't it? But, but ultimately don't do anything now yeah. and don't just ignore it if you can. Yeah. Because at the moment, 
not, Miles has interest, but that doesn't mean that you have to have any interaction with him, presumably, at the mm. moment. Mm. No. So, yeah. Anyway, what, whatever. Anyway, it was. It's a very. It's a very. It was a very good. I really liked this twist. The twist. Yeah. And I loved the fact that Natasha was rubbing her hands with glee all about it. Tom, I've had. An, oh, this <laughs> is uh, Laurie Jones. Yeah. Has has opinions, as we know, about uh, <laughs> Natasha. She said, So nasty Natasha wants to see the upside of Rob's bequest to Jack. We might be able to do something with the property. Oh, Natasha, you Machiavellian toe rag. There is no we. You are married to the owner's uncle. That does not make a we. And all the phony nice, nice kissing up to Helen won't change the fact that Helen is not the trustee. If you want to go hit on Miles, maybe that's your avenue for getting control of the property until Jack's old enough to inherit and boot your backside all the way back to where was for cheating on his naive idiot Uncle Tom with his woebegone dunderhead Uncle Miles. She is a nasty piece of work. And although Harriet adores her, I'm certain that the other lorry will agree with me. Ooh, We've got a brace of lorries joining up now. They've gone head to head, those lorries. I, yes, I, no, I, she is just, she just brings me joy every time she does a scheming number on the arches. <laughs> or anyone else for that matter. You're never quite sure with her whether she's kidding herself though, how. But that's the thing because she is so, she's, she obviously is so completely genuine when she's being sympathetic with Helen, mm. but she just can't help she is but that's why i love natasha she gen, she thinks she is a genuinely good hearted yeah. generous person and yeah. in a way she is but that tiny bit of her just can't help yeah. but naturally manufacture it into something that would also work out well and for you her. know funnily enough <laughs> <laughs> yes we could make ourselves multi-millionaires by doing this but it's not about that it's not about that um, um, did you think Mr. E was creepy? Do you, I, I, I didn't think he was <laughs> creepy, but then, but and then, but then, when he said, when Henry said, "Oh, I'd rather talk to you than a counselor," and he mm. said, and it just the scene finished with, "That's fine, Henry. That's fine," or something like that. I, I, I automatically, I just went, "Oh no, God, don't!" Oh make this a no, story. I did. Oh God, I wish you hadn't said that. I was really but, happy that poor little Henry had someone to talk to. But what then? Why did they? Why did they even mention the fact that he could go to a counselor if he wanted to? Because I, d I think it was about Henry just needing a to place to, to be friend. able to talk to somebody, you know. Or well, my other thought was probably Mr. Ede and Helen are going to end up together. Because Mis uh, Mr. Ede sounded like Lee a bit. I thought. Yeah, had, I don't. I, I think he's a. Him. I think he was just. He was just. Well, he hasn't announced it on Twitter, has he? That he's playing Mr. Ede, so he's clearly not going to be around for a long <laughs> okay, time. Okay, so I'm reading way too I much. I think you. That yeah, scene. I think possibly okay. on this occasion you are. I really panicked. I just. I just. Well, the, you can't help. That's what's so sad, mm. isn't it? When there's a to a male teacher in a yeah. room with a young boy yeah. your your alarm bells stop horribly yeah. start ringing yeah. don't they if it's a drama i mean of course yeah. you know and also one really daft thing and that was when he said i've got some tissues in here somewhere if you are doing if you are the school sort of if you're involved with the with school in any sort of pastoral sense you have a box of tissues absolutely all over the place because <laughs> they just come in and weep that's what they do or to mop up blood what about yeah <laughs> bandages okay so he's not creepy that's good. uh well i don't know because now i've said that i feel like i've tempted fate no, but i don't, I don't think, think they would so. do that to henry would no they? i think he's been through enough. enough yes bless him um 
Joanne uh, said, Joanne Lynn said, I find it sort of hilarious how utterly horrified everyone was at the thought of a middle aged grown woman moving away from mummy and daddy. <laughs> and good luck to her in finding a new job. I can't imagine there are a lot of places looking to hire someone whose main skills are rearranging bottles, stirring cheese, and bossing people around in a vaguely snobby sort of way, but you never know. <laughs> yes, what are your skills? I'm really good at cheese. I'm so good at cheese. Uh, yes, but this is uh, a job interview for uh, the uh, insert name of hedge fund. Um, <laughs> but I'm really good at cheese. <laughs> well, maybe Helen could go and work at um, Great Gables. I think also, I think... Well, Lily, Twitter what... said, oh, Helen and Ardell are going to go off together. No, but Lily was disappointed when she found mm. out that Ardell wasn't... So, and, yes. and that was, they had a bit of chemistry once. Yeah, they did when they did the, they did, yeah. were in the play, weren't they? In the but concert. that can't be right because Ardell is definitely staying around mm. because his sister is now the GP. So yeah, yeah. That, yeah. It can't be that he's leaving. No. We're going to have and, a bit of a, I can, I can sense a sort of a, a reshuffle Oh, you know. Coming. Do you think because they... Oh, he's going to take over from Roy. Roy. Yeah, maybe. Oh, shit. Oh, it's really sad. I got really sad when I heard Roy mentioned this yeah. week, actually. I know, you know, of course... It's horrible because to... they mentioned Roy and they mentioned yeah. um, Robert Snell in the yeah. same... Yes, of course. Yeah. When he said, oh, I'm going to give the room to the Royal Garden Suite to, yeah. to, to, to Linda. He just said Linda. He didn't say to Linda and... and um, and Robert and I thought where's Robert why why have they, why have they not mentioned Robert and then I thought no calm down calm down it's horrible it's, it's horrible because you're just waiting for it to yeah uh, so mm, maybe that's but because I thought Lily was actually only applying for the internship because, to do some more um, uh, spying in spying okay great balls mm. but of course you'd go and work there clearly Lower Loxley is just an <laughs> awful yeah. place to work yeah. isn't it yeah clearly n no one is giving you any positive feedback in that yeah. place yeah they expect you to work for you know probably free overtime yeah yeah you're in in you know dirt dusty dirty surroundings i've just sent you a sketch for next week and it is about exactly that oh god of course it is <laughs> oh, i wonder why you'd sent it tonight oh god lucy's been inspired by something it's keen oh i see oh i see it's uh, not yeah. this week's it's next week's and lizzie's just such a cold bitch isn't yeah. she just, well i mean obviously i couldn't have paid her anything else anyway so yeah good luck to her yeah <laughs> I mean, come on. And there also, are other ways to retain staff. Yeah. And also, Lily, she, bloody hell. Oh, God. She, I've never heard anybody so, but she really needs a, she, her come up, <laughs> she really needs comeuppance <laughs> yeah, from somewhere she because she good, is so yeah. patronising and such a snob. Yeah. But when he that, said, well, they've got a gym and she goes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Why would you want that? Oh, because you're so fit. <laughs> no, but it was really funny when she offered him a lift and he was like, oh, no, I'm yeah. out of here. No, it's all right. I'll take my chances in the rain. Thank you. Would you like a lift? <laughs> I love it when she plays. That is her absolute. Yeah. And maybe bet. I can persuade you yeah. on the way. That was the bit that made me go, whoa. <laughs> She's so good at it. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Brad. Brad was out there in the headlights. And he'll be imagining uh, what could have happened all night. Mia, yeah. Mia, we've got to talk. I think she fancied oh, me. I've got to resign. Me, I've got to resign. In my head, I didn't, uh, it was just a suggestion of, uh, 
but um, I love I love Lily when she plays that because mm. she's so good at playing yeah. manipulative yeah. cow, isn't she? Yeah, and I love the way that she sometimes goes incredibly posh. Yeah, she as does. Well. Yeah, she suddenly goes all drawly and pursed, sort of. Lips yes, and everything. Yes, yes, even um, more than Alice. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, apparently we were completely wrong about oh, yeah. tree surgeons because oh, we said don't last tell week. Me that. No, I don't think I said anything about tree surgeons. No, you said we haven't had one in the Archers before. Oh, I did. I did. Jamie Parks. Jamie Perks became a tree surgeon. Did he? Yes. Jonathan in Berlin has told wow. us that. But and you, James Jamie... Everett has said oh. Mike would do forestry work when not doing the bottling and boat round. As he got older, he employed Jamie to help him out. Jamie then uh, did an apprenticeship in tree surgery. Does James only know that because he's been going through every single archive? Yeah. Episode? And he also said, however, as they're both gone, I guess there is room now for a power tree surgeon couple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one's had really good equipment before. Um, uh, he also says, Jamesy. Can I, sorry, can I just quickly ask was jamie perks a silent character i don't think he was was he he, no. was, a, he was a voice yes, yes. okay because yeah. he was vile to, to to um uh what's her name you Who? know his mother oh kathy kathy yeah he was oh, vile right. to her for oh. in his teenage years jamie, i remember she always used to sort of say his name with a side didn't she? Mm. jamie anyway yeah um matt also says that this is not the first time that the bull has hosted a fashion show Oh. Oh. I don't know, but when, he doesn't tell us. When was the last one? He doesn't tell us. He is sneaky, sneaky. Fashion um, shows should just always be um, put on at colleges yes. slash student events. Yes. You don't need grown people doing fashion shows. No. Grown normal people doing <laughs> yes. Grown yes. as in Very, very people. skinny people. You, skinny <laughs> little people you, with no boobs and you, no hips and that's what you want. But also what it is, I think, is... It's all, they're always put on because the person organising it wants to go down the catwalk and show off their body. Yes. That is the only yes. reason people come up with the idea yeah. of fashion shows. Yeah. A la Kate Middleton at St. Yeah. Andrews. Yeah. It's just for people who look really good to look even better. I remember when we did one at college and, and I was sort of roped into doing it. But the only reason it was put on was because the three girls organising it were so fit. And they and they were like wearing, a, like tran, you know, the transparent stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because all the boys sit around and look up their skirts, don't yeah. they? So it's just, that is the, that's, that's what it's for and nothing else. And don't pretend it's for a good cause because it never is. Thank you. <laughs> Not that That's, I'm scarred by that, it. I was going to say that felt quite raw, Harriet. Quite raw. Yeah. 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 I didn't enjoy that experience no. very much. Thank you, because no. I'm a very short person. <laughs> <laughs> My legs aren't very long. <laughs> and I didn't get clapped as much as the tall girl. Did you have to trot down the catwalk? Wait, I'm here too. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Bit chilly in this. <laughs> No, I, I just wore a jump, like a baggy jumper. Anyway, <laughs> sorry um, about that. This is from Basil Clement, who says, Over the years, there have been many moving and sad scenes in The Archers. These have usually involved adults. However, this Wednesday's conversation between Henry and Mr. Reed was almost unbearably sad. Oh, Mr. Reed, thank you. Neither his views on Jack's inheritance nor his anger about the absence of a father figure particularly moved me, but his fear, loneliness and resentment at having to be the man of the house, as he put it, were quite awful to hear. 
Being a 13-year-old boy has more than enough stresses and strains as it is without adding the terrible idea that he not only has to shoulder a grown man's burden but must carry it alone. I do hope that the writers will give him an easier time in due course. I must also pay tribute to the performance of young Blake Darby. It really was a fine piece of acting. I oh, agree. is that his name, Henry? Yeah. He's very, very good. He's very good. He's, he's not at good. all cringy. No, that's, that's what's cringy so great kid. about him. He's yeah. very natural, isn't he? But you couldn't really believable. have somebody in that role who was... No. You'd have to be... You know, they must have really hunted around to find him because yeah. he's just and excellent. They, he was, he's an ace bit of casting. Mm. And I'm really sorry to have even suggested that there might be something sinister going well, on Well, you never know because, you know, we've all... Yep. You never know. But I do think they will give Henry an easy ride. Mm. And it'll be interesting, won't it? Because he's such a good actor that you would have thought they want to keep him in Mm. and then he'll grow. But they get, they get, they, they, because he's 13. Yeah, I mean, his voice will break in a couple of years, won't he? And then it'll be adult Henry. I wonder if she is going, Helen, because, you know, they've got rid of... Uh, they've got rid of Lee. And, and and it could be that she, you know, she's such a, a big name now, isn't she? Mm. Ever since her, I mean, I think that ever yeah. since that Rob storyline, it must have yeah. really propelled her, her sort of, um, her career and her, mm. I hope she doesn't go. It'd be awful if she goes. Mm. No, she's not going to go. They don't go anywhere, Lucy. <laughs> they don't. The bridge farm lot She's don't. not going. They can't. And if she's going anywhere, she'll just go to Felpersham. Apart from Johnny, who's just sailing round and round and round the world because he doesn't want to come. He'll be so happy he's kept out of all this, though, won't he? Yeah. Um, Now, do you remember, unfortunately, last week we were discussing horse fluffers. Oh, yes, I do remember. Yes. Well, Kate Lloyd-Jones has... Is one. Uh, No, she's not one. She said, your discussion about mares needing a fluffer to get them in the mood reminded me of the most unusual holiday job I heard about when I was at university. When stallions are in their full glory, so to speak, and it it really is like a flipping hosepipe, apparently they don't have very good directional control of their apparatus. I've heard that. Which for racehorses and stallions is their working tool and very valuable. Friend of a friend's job was, sorry, stud stallions. Friend of a friend's job was to give them a bit of guidance to make sure they didn't damage their crown jewels. Yes, I've heard that. I think that was, I think I was talking about that with, with the, with my um, sister-in-law when she was Mm. talking about the fluffer. And that's the thing, because they're so precious, Mm. those instruments, that they, (laughs) yes, that they can't trust the stallion not to hurt its member. God. Yeah, so she said, somehow guidance. I can't see anyone in the archers taking that job. I mean, Chris is very good with What are you doing there, Lillian? Horses. Oh, you know. <laughs> uh, Alice, Alistair, darling. Oh, Jacob, could you just help me here, darling? Ooh, Up a bit, left a bit, to... left oh. a bit, down a bit, and there oh. we go. <laughs> that reminds me, the continuity. I listened to the archers today at 2pm, so yesterday's episode, and the continuity guy, at the beginning he went, uh, but first... Paul's at the vets and he's putting it all on display. <laughs> he probably was, to be honest. Because he was, you know, Paul had been rearranging the shelves. Right? It really <laughs> made me tickle me so much. Oh, they are brilliant sometimes, aren't they? The, yes. The, uh, the presenters. 
it's when they're sarcastic the and they say putting it all on it's a f- f- fun times at Brookfield Farm <laughs> and you think you know that yeah. it's a world of shit oh, and it's not fun friend. at all they're yes, our friends they're our yeah, friends we love it <laughs> um uh no it's gone I had a so while well, we were talking there. about the stallions mm. guiding yes that was d- what p- I was point of say. direction etc yes no that was what I, was I don't know anyway uh, now we also said uh had we ever heard Bert Horobin blah 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 because yeah. you know they were doing this whole yeah. thing about who's been going to the and then we pointed out that Bert Horobin is actually a silent character and Rob Williams says Bert Horobin hasn't been heard for a while because the actor playing him died some time ago. This was mentioned by Susie Riddell. I can't remember the names or dates. Then he said, for some reason, do you remember we were talking about Joy and Rochelle? Yeah. Uh, And that possibly Rochelle had died or something bad had happened to her. Yeah. um, He mentioned this. Oh, it's it's not so horrible. Uh, There was... um, but various people were told to write a six-word short story. And Ernest, Ernest Hemingway wrote, For sale, baby shoes never worn. Oh. And oh, that's it, so I know. Yeah, and he said it always oh. makes me shudder. Um, also, he's worked out that being a bit of a maths bod, I worked out that Nigel's 3.5-second scream means he fell about 60 metres. That Ooh. means that Lower Loxley must be about the same height as York Minster, or about 20 <laughs> stories high. <laughs> <laughs> he said, please keep up with the ill-advised stabs. They are total nectar for people like me who like to show off. <laughs> there will that be is... another one along in a minute, Rob. Don't worry. That is excellent Archer's yes. uh, knowledge, though, isn't it? Yeah. How tall is Lower Loxie? And you can w- actually work it out. That's amazing. Um, a lot of people, because we've started a bit of a hair running talking about um, Joy and Rochelle and what the yeah. story might be. Mm-hmm. And Sally Kedge says, perhaps Joy accidentally caused some grave harm to Rochelle, Rochelle's partner or maybe child, so had to leave the northeast, maybe a road accident or fire. Some sort of major incident, which has meant Rochelle wants nothing more to do with her mum. And that was very public. So Joy didn't feel she could stay in the area. I also wondered if there was a legal fraud case or something like that, or whether Joy had spent time in prison and was resettling herself in a new area. We'll have to see. She's becoming close to Helen, so I wonder if Helen will fall over the clues. Was she a sub-postmistress? Uh-oh. Do-do-do. You get me? Yep. Because did you watch the uh, post office? No, but I've been following the story in Private Eye for the last five years. Everyone's going, how come we never knew about this? Private Eye were talking about it literally five years ago. And and BBC Sounds, well, that excellent production company, did a really good podcast on it. Yep, Panorama did a thing about it a year ago, but now it's had TV coverage. All the politicians are going... Yes, why I, didn't anyone tell us? Hmm. Because, yes. because you, can, you can't engage as many people. You can't, the trouble is, yeah. you, it's yep. not interesting to people unless you can see the story. Unless you can stick Toby being, Jones in it and that woman from but Coronation Street. I have Street. to say, you, you absolutely must watch it because mm. it is so beautifully written. It's so, it's not, I mean, it's sensational because of the story, but it's it's so truthful or it feels so truthful and it's so beautifully acted. And honestly, I... I I highly recommend it, although it's the first episode I found is so difficult to watch because it's so devastating. But you know, it, it mm. you um you know you stick with it. But um the um Monica Dolan who plays one of the main characters who's a sub postmistress. There's a really heartbreaking thing because she's been 
um, convicted of fraud, where she had to, basically she was forced to to um, blah, 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 say she was guilty of fraud, even though she wasn't. But anyway, so she her conviction hadn't been overturned, so she she has a criminal record, even though she's an innocent woman, mm. and so she can't, and she wants to go and um, do a. Um, volunteer at her grandkids' school oh, and do, you know, make can't. crafts with them. And she's not allowed to. Oh. And it's, there's this, ter- this really moving scene where, you know, the teacher's like, you know, I'm so sorry, we'd love to have you, but you have a criminal yeah. record. Oh, no, it's so honest, it's so heartbreaking. And it made me think of joy. You know, what if, what if it's yeah. something, a miscarriage of justice or... Something yeah. went terribly wrong and now she's been estranged from the grandkids. But then anyway, you'd was... think she'd be more bitter than she is because the thing about Joy yeah. is that she seems remarkably... But I think she's somebody... I think Sally's getting close in that it's something that Joy can't forgive herself for. I think. Right, yeah. I don't think or... it's anything that she's been blamed for that she didn't do. It's something she did do and she can't ever forgive herself for. Well, it'd be really interesting when mm. we find out. We better bloody find out. Better I hope they're not just going to spin this out. I really forever. want you to watch the Mr. Bates thing. I, I think will. you'll really enjoy it. I know, but it'll make me cry, won't it? It will make you cry, mm. but well, but I don't because want you to cry. because you know the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it all turns out really <laughs> bad in the end. Do you know one of the people? The compensation that one of the people has got is fifteen pounds. Oh, I mean, it's it is. I mean, it's. Uh, well, I mean, we're not here to talk about that, are we? But it just is... Well, I think as well what happened was, you know when, when the panorama was coming out and there was the podcast? So, so it was gaining momentum, wasn't it? The campaign mm-hmm. against the post office. But then there was COVID. And then yeah. everything became about that, didn't it? So in a way, there were sort of two years mm. where nothing else local or national was bothered about because the media was so focused mm. on... COVID and all the terrible tragedies and that mm. have happened. So I think probably, um, you know, I think probably it w- the, publicly it was gaining more awareness, wasn't it? But then it, but then we all forgot. Well, we just oh, got just so everything terrible. just got derailed, didn't it, by COVID? Yeah, so. it's awful. Um, uh, Sally also says, by the way, that it's on ITVX, by the way. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. Oh, you're just plugging the close to my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Plug in the family business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Sally Kedge says uh, that her mother, when she uh, moved to New Zealand, her mother used to record the omnibus on a Sunday morning on a cassette and post out a bundle of tapes every few months to her in Auckland. And she's just found a carrier bag full of them. And she said, if anybody wants loads of cassette tapes from... With uh, 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 from the archers, two thousand and three to four. Let me know, and I can arrange to send them on. She says. Oh, that is amazing. But it's cassette, so <laughs> I don't know what you would do with those, to be honest. But anyway, you must be able to buy a tape player still, surely. I don't know. There must be. There, I mean, an old Walkman you could buy, surely. I played my children that uh, scene from um, Wayne's World where they're all in the car headbanging to Queen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the children just sat there looking faintly puzzled. And then at the end, they said, what was what did he put in the car to make that? And I was like, oh, my God. How did he make the music come out? <laughs> oh, it's so disappointing when that happens, though, isn't it? 
when you're when you're like guys you're absolutely gonna love this this is incredible this is gonna blow and your just, mind the, the, the just, takeaway was just, you're really old and <laughs> this makes no sense and i don't understand yeah. that piece of technology i've, I've fixated on entirely the wrong part of this <laughs> yeah. oh it's nothing more gutting <sighs> yes um <laughs> now uh lucy traves also said i wonder if joy killed an abusive partner and has been to prison <gasps> If so, mm. it would be lovely if Helen defended her against the Ambridge gossips. I think that's too close to Helen's story, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. And Lucy also said that she is currently listening to an interview with Belgian politician Guy Verhofstadt, who sounds just like Febreze. Is Febreze Flemish? <laughs> He's Eurovision, Lucy. You know that. <laughs> Fabrice oh, actually Moss. listened to Guy Verhofstadt and said, <laughs> nothing like me. I don't know what they're talking about. So, mm. uh, Right. Ryushi Lindsay had a horrifying dream, oh, no. which he has told us about. He is currently, he makes podcasts and, well, content production. Yes. He's working in content production and he's working on a podcast about the unsolved murder of a family in Japan 20 years ago. Oh, that sounds right up my street. Yeah, me too. And he said that he was, he dreamt that he was at the crime scene. I knew I could prevent the crime if I could just catch the killer. It was dark and foggy. I heard a squeaking sound, the turning pedals of a rusty old bicycle. I stuck an arm out and knocked the killer off his bike. I pushed up his bucket hat to get a good look at his face and discovered it was none other than Febreze of Felpershaw. <laughs> now, I have no idea what Jeff looks like. So I reckon it was the actual character who I accosted <laughs> rather than Jeff as him. See attached image of the real life killer's outfit, not very Febreze. The killer's identity is hitherto unknown, but perhaps I've stumbled across an important lead. Please say hello to Hannah and Amy for me. There we go. Hello, Hannah and Amy from oh, Roshi. But What a lot of different worlds colliding. <laughs> <laughs> Febreze is developing. He's, I don't know. He's just... Just people's attraction in everyone's subconscious, which is really peculiar. It's a bit, and a bit scary. <laughs> but imagine, look, I mean, I've dreamt that I was with people from the Archers, characters from the yeah. Archers, but I yeah. didn't actually see them. I just knew that's who they yes. were. Although sometimes you do see them, but you can't visualise it. You know, yeah. like you yeah. see their face, but then you can't remember. You, you wouldn't be able to describe what they look like. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's really weird. <laughs> oh, but I'm, I'm, I really want to listen to that podcast now. I know, it sounds... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, Michael Gorman says, there is something decidedly piskeen about the Titchener family purchasing those bloody 10 acres. If deathbed Rob wanted to leave, leave a legacy to his son, why not put the half a million quid into a trust? What is happening to the land for the next 16 to 17 years? Just lying there, earning no interest. Can Miles, another bad lot in my opinion, develop it? And what happens if he loses money? A will is a public document and Helen could have found out about Jack's legacy any time unless it is couched as something like half a million quid to be held in trust by my brother for the purpose agreed, in which case, case Miles could do anything he wanted with it. Perhaps it's just a plot to drive Helen oh, madder. Yeah. And she's already planning to torture poor Henry by telling him about it for no good reason, whatever. Brackets, evil Titchener cackling off. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is a good point. It would have done better, wouldn't it, in a stocks and shares thing? I mean, yeah. Uh, High I, I just account. assumed that they were going to build a house on it. But I suppose he doesn't have to, does he? He could just have 10 acres sitting there. But why? Yeah. I mean, is there an argument that the land will... No, because it would still be worth more in the future. Or maybe it wouldn't be worth more in the future. But yeah, it's not going to be worth any more if you don't do anything to it, is it? No. I think maybe Kirsty will marry Miles and they'll rewild it. <laughs> oh, honestly, Helen, he's a good guy. He's got half a million quid. I mean, sorry, no, sorry, that's a trust. He's, um, he's a good guy. Think how much tofu you can buy with half a million quid. <laughs> I think Miles is definitely going to become a character for, for at least yeah. the short term. Well, he's so good at sounding like Rob. Yeah, they can't so waste that. No, exactly. They can't waste. <laughs> he must it, have taken it ages to to get somebody who sounded so so good at the voice. We've got to do. It. We've got to use him for something. Got to. Um, uh, Carla Davitt is our January joiner. Hooray! Congratulations! But she said I started listening to you in December. <laughs> but that oh. still counts. That still counts, Carla. We don't care. Hooray! She said. I started listening to The Archers the episode after Nigel fell off the roof. So it was nice to hear that audio on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. She said she has a newbie-ish question. How did it come about that Lillian's son James and Robert's daughter Leonie got together, were both brought up in Ambridge? I got the impression that Robert and Linda moved to Ambridge at a later stage. They did. They met. I think they met in Ambridge as adults and then they met up again in London. Yeah, I've got... Because they used to appear in it every so yeah. often, didn't they? Yeah. James is played by my friend Roger. Oh. Yeah, but and he used to be a reasonably regular character, didn't he? But mm. I guess... But then I... But So, but did they... they ne I don't remember... I don't remember... I probably haven't been listening for that long, but I don't remember them ever living in Ambridge. No, they didn't. And I think the romance happened... They both were Off in camera. London and came down to to visit their respective parents in the village and then re-met, arranged to meet when they were back in London. So the romance happened in London, not we didn't hear it. Yeah. Yes. But they definitely, uh, they weren't brought and up in And there was in, always in, quite a lot of Ambridge. tension, wasn't there, between yes. uh, Lillian and Linda? Yeah. And it was... Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Carla's uh, plot prediction is that once Robert has to very sadly die, Linda will be supported by Lillian, who will rope in Brian to help with something or other. And Linda and Brian will gravitate towards each other as both are recently bereaved and a bit rubbish without a steadying anchor of a partner. Kate will have finally had enough of spiritual home by then, thanks to recurrent break-ins and actual requirement of hard work, and started a new business offering Reiki and colour therapy to wealthy people's horses using Jacob's connections. Brian and Linda will rebrand spiritual home as a llama sanctuary offering llama walks to the general public and a lucrative income in llama wool blankets and cardigans. Excellently well thought out. You will fit in well here, Carla. Well done. (laughs) We like that. Welcome to the the family. The detail is excellent. Um, The, The twists... Jeff's uh, plot prediction is that Lillian and Brian will get together. Well, I, that crossed my mind when they were having a fag outside the pub mm. on New Year's Eve. Mm. But then I thought that's maybe a bit weird that Brian would... Well, also Brian, Lillian and Justin are back together. I think it might be more likely that Brian and Linda do get together. Mm. Uh, Brian and... Yeah, Brian and... Well... I don't know. It crossed my mind because it felt like there was a tiny bit of chemistry, didn't yeah. it? When they were... Yeah. We've just Together popped out New to have Year. a breath of fresh air. Yeah. yeah. She'd drive him mad. <laughs> he, I don't think he could put up with Lillian. No. And I think Linda's too good for Brian. Yes. Yes. No, she has moral fibre, which she's yeah. sadly lacking. <laughs> but because I really, li- I quite like the new Brian, who's quite, mm. seems quite sort of philosophical and... A bit, e- a bit easier, you know. I guess more humble in a way than less arrogant than when he was with Jenny. So I think he, he's it's he, it's nice hearing him being a friend. Isn't yes, it, to people. Yep. I mean, there is always the him and joy possibility as well, isn't there? <laughs> I just can't. No, no. <laughs> you didn't know. No, no, no. <laughs> She's not very class approved. I was. That's exactly what I was going to say, but I was trying to avoid saying it, and then I didn't need to because you said it for me. I didn't say it. Kate said it. Um, now we've had an email from Mary Anstey in Colorado, and Ooh. she she uh, um, she said she hemmed and hawed about writing to us. Because I was concerned my email might come across as alternatively angry, preachy or pathetic. But what she wanted to say was her um, beloved partner uh, died in 2020. Mm. And she said that sometimes what we say or what listeners say reminds her of how little our culture understands about grief and loss. She said, we discussed Brian being out and about and more like himself again over the holidays. And she said, I heard a great deal of relief in your voices. This attitude is very much a product of our society. The world thinks grief is over relatively quickly and wants to believe mourners are back to normal because they don't don't know what to do with or how to react to sadness and other difficult emotions. I imagine Brian having a good cry and a stiff drink after both holidays because although he was out, he returned to an empty house without Jenny and he felt flat and sad. Second, sorry. Oh, Lucy. <laughs> she said there was. <laughs> oh, Lucy. <laughs> she said uh, there was a comment about listeners being fed up with Lizzie saying, This is my first birthday without Nigel. This is my first time to the grocery without oh. Nigel. <laughs> she said, I know none of us understand losing our person until it happens, but this is a huge part of the roller coaster. And I think she's 
yeah, she's dead right. And I think I felt really bad because uh, I find it really hard to... I'm <laughs> I'm yeah. in a very in a very selfish way. I'm like, oh good, they're back together again. Yeah, they're all they're back too. to normal. I don't have of to worry course. about them anymore. Hooray! No, of course. <laughs> it's just I'm, terrible. No, but I'm exactly the same. I think that that's a really good point about our, our culture is that yeah, we find grief so difficult to sort of. I don't know why. Even if we've experienced it ourselves you desperately need to know that the person is back to normal. (laughs) (laughs) It's partly nervousness. Oh, I'm going to put my foot in it if I say the wrong thing. No, but also we're not a very sentimental culture, are we? So we don't sort of go, um, you know what? If I was in your situation, I think I'd be feeling really shit. And, Mm. you know, even though it's five years on, this must be a really difficult day for you. But instead, we just go... Oh, you're looking so great. <laughs> oh, God, I love this positive attitude. No, I don't know. No, I just absolutely agree that that is yeah. something. I, I, I am definitely... I, and my, I remember when my mum died, my kids, after about a week of me crying all the time, were like, are you going to stop crying now? <laughs> they, it was really... They just hated it. And yeah. I, can, I was... I'm the same. It's just horrible when a person that you've been socialising with or hanging out with in a chain, it feels like they've changed because they're sad. And also, you can't fix it. No, no. And you don't, you're not, you're not experiencing the same emotions. So you, you feel as well like you're, you, you can't get to their level because you you, you can't. You, you can't be on their wavelength because yeah. they're so sad So and there's broken. distance between you. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, like a terrible elephant in the room that, you know, you just stay quiet sort of thing, don't you, and wait till their grief has passed and then you can all party yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, I, it's really awful. I think, I, my personal theory, you know when you go to Mediterranean countries or whatever? The, the whaling. Oh, and they get it all out. Yes, Lucy. They, so with you there. Yeah, it's all, and then it's all outside yep. and it's not internalised. It's all out there. You've I, sobbed, you've thrown oh yourself God. on the thing, you've chucked flowers around, you've, no, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. declared, uh, uh, you've had a wake, you've declared that you're not going to leave the house again for a year, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, we British just, funerals. well, as, as Victoria Wood said, it's just about you slice out <laughs> How many sandwiches you slice, I'll scrape. That's the, you know, that's, and that's how we reduce it to, and everyone says, you'll feel better when the funeral's over. And it's because, oh God, it's a social event and I've got to get that right as well. And all of that just gets squished down. And then people start saying, do you feel better now the funeral's over? So you feel compelled to say, yes. And then, and you never actually give yourself time to do that yelling and shouting and whatever. But it is very difficult. I mean, A, I've already decided that at my funeral, someone has to stand up at the beginning. You can be you if you like. Um, you, you be good at it. Okay. And you can you pretend to cry a bit if you want. But okay. what you have to do is you have to go, at this funeral, I give you all permission to be loud and noisy and for your noses to snort. And you yes. can cry loud and you can clap and you can cheer. But you have to let it out because at British yeah. funerals, you have to hold in the tears. Yep. And then everyone's going... <laughs> <laughs> We were sound like pugs. And they were, everyone's making awkward noises because they yeah. don't want to disturb 
Yes. The, the silence. Yep. Don't draw attention to yourself. Awful. Don't be dramatic. Don't be exactly. indulgent. And don't be over-emotional. Yeah, absolutely. Because if yeah. someone's sobbing away, they're like, oh my God, she's so indulgent. Like, so yeah. self-indulgent. Thinks it's all about her. Yeah. Basically, if Natasha was there, she'd be like, <laughs> We're the only country in the world that regards self-control at a funeral as a good thing, don't we? <laughs> so funny, isn't it? But it's the norm. I don't, mm. And it, I guess because it's... We... Um, we I, we do it because to be respectful, don't we? To to the silence and the yeah, and know, also least... we've got that stupid Victorian thing about church. It's yeah, you know, you've got to be quiet. Yeah. You've got to be respectful. Oh, it's got... awful. Yeah. And you're not allowed to make a noise or yeah. run around and yeah. Um, oh, what were you saying about before I interrupted you about funerals? I can't remember. Yes, it's just, it's too... But it, 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 I will stand all... up at your funeral and tell everyone that they've yeah. got to do Juliet Stevenson crying yes. in Truly Madly Deeply with I'm big have, trapezes yeah. of snot hanging out yeah. of their nose. Mm. Massive snot. Yeah. Massive snot. And there's yeah. going to be tissues everywhere because yeah. nothing worse than when you're trying to use your sleeve. Uh, oh, and yeah. it's like a really good jacket or something. But um, <laughs> also I'm going to have really like music intended to make you cry, like yes. advert type music. Samuel Barber's Adagio for strings. <laughs> I and went, I went. I, you're actually, you're out. You get out. <laughs> you're going to have bounces at your funeral. <laughs> get out. I went to my friend out. John's funeral and foolishly didn't bring any oh, tissues easy. with me. I don't know how she that did. happened. And um, <laughs> Especially once you get past the age of 35. <laughs> I was just... doing fine until they played the rugby song. I can't even remember what it is. The the big rugby song. It, it was moving and Oh rousing. god. I had to I was like looking around wildly for anybody that could lend me my mascara was round my knees. There was snot everywhere. I was going the snot, <laughs> the snot is the, the dangly snot is the problem. <laughs> And I thought John would have thought this was hilarious and would have said, why the bloody hell didn't you bring a tissue? Which would have been, you know, a very sensible thing to have done and to have pointed out. But yeah. But also it's awkward when you're listening, when, you know, like at a funeral and they're playing a really great song or something. And, but everybody's having to be quiet while they're listening yeah. to it. And there's nothing more awkward than having to listen to a brilliant, uplifting tune and not being allowed to join in or dance yeah. or... It just makes it really yeah. all the more sad, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because it should surely be a release. Yeah. But but going um, back to Lizzie, you know, poor Lizzie and everyone getting cross yeah. that she's saying it's 10 years and yeah. I'm still feeling sad. I think, I think people... I think, I think people sometimes think it might be upsetting to go... I, it's really tricky because I have it occasionally with people who've lost loved ones where you rem you remember the anniversary and you you want to go but you don't but I, I I sometimes I do it if I know the person very well and I'll just say you know thinking of you today but yeah but sometimes you think I don't know this person well enough and I don't know if I'm going to upset mm, them yeah or they're going to go like well you're not my why would you you know like yeah. are you doing it sort of for attention for yourself because you I don't know like God, we're so paranoid, aren't we, as a nation of upsetting people? <laughs> but you never, you're never going to forget a date like that. So no. you're not ever going to remind anybody. They're not going to suddenly go, <gasps> "No, oh, my God, it's that day. You know, they're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it is that fear of, oh, am know. I making this about me? Yes, am I? that's what it is. Mm. Yeah, exactly. 
we're, is am I doing a Natasha? I'm yeah. thinking of you. Aren't I good? Do also, I get a batch? Like competitive. Yeah. There's a sort of like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's crying the loudest? Competitive who's... grieving. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to have competitive grieving at my funeral. <laughs> I will win. I will set out. I cry at everything. You know I do. I just cried at that email. And also you'll be so old. I that. will. I'll be like a million. <laughs> I'll be a little desiccated uh, husk. I'm slightly looking forward to it. <laughs> Your own funeral. Looking down, chuckling along at the lot of you. <laughs> right. right. Well, so, good. Right, well, I'm anyway, glad we've planned your funeral, so that's good. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, anyway, but, it's on record. You're allowed to cry. Thanks. Okay. But thank you very much, uh, yes. Mary. That was a very good email Matt, and very, very thought-provoking. Very good point as well. Yes. Oh, and also, Mary, if you if you have any tips, <laughs> like you know what it's hard, you know it's what 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 is the better, what is a good, what is a good, what is the best yeah. thing to do? Do you think? She says uh, that she does like the podcast, even though she has just mildly told us <laughs> off, but completely justifiedly. <laughs> uh, she said it's part of my Sunday post John routine. I look forward to it oh. as an old-fashioned natter. Yes, I do talk back often with much-needed laughs. Thank oh, you good. for helping me to feel less alone. Oh, Mary. <laughs> well, here's to Mary and John. Yes. Now, uh, Manda Champagne, woman with best name in world. Oh, best name ever. Says she can remember what the what the hell is happening here. Do you remember last week they were in the Brookfield kitchen? Yes. And it was Ben and Josh talking. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Have um, you put the currants in yet? <laughs> oh, no. You have not put the lid on the food mixer. Um, oh, yeah. She can remember word for word. Amazing. Wow. Why she, her brain has decided to retain this useless knowledge, I don't know. But anyway, she said, Ben and Josh are attempting to make a roast for lunch for either Ruth's birthday or Mother's Day. They are messing up the batter for Yorkshire puddings because Pip had promised to help them but never showed up, likely because she had swanned off with her boyfriend, Spencer. Oh, I think I vaguely remember this. She said, I wonder if James Everett's fandom of Pip has changed after hearing how rude and unreasonable she was during that <laughs> era of the Archers. Quite intolerable. Oh, we're all rude and unreasonable at that age. especially. When isn't that strange? Because it feels like it was only about yeah. six years ago that Pip was with Spencer. That's because but she I... hasn't matured <laughs> at all. No, but it probably was only seven or eight years ago, wasn't it? But but, yeah. but for Josh and Ben, they would have been kids. Yeah. Oh, it's hard to remember how old everyone is, isn't it? Um, uh, James Everett says, this is correct. They were making roast dinner for Ruth on Mother's Day. Pip was supposed to be head chef, but woke up late. Therefore, she pulled the short straw and had to do the cleaning up, which took all afternoon. Oh, Yes. And, right, this is this week's... What the L is happening? What the hell is happening here? Right. Does every sentence have to have sausages in it? Already meals? Kirsty? Oh, don't get me wrong. I hope your business is successful. Of course I do. But Tom, people do laugh at you a bit behind your back. No, they don't. <laughs> yes, they do. They do. I've done it myself, Mr. One-Track Mind. I don't have a one-track mind. Oh, really? I've got lots of things going on in my life. Other than work? What exactly? Well... Look, 
the point is, I'm doing this for our future. One day we'll have our own house and kids. Well, the future's all very well, but what about now? Yeah. Come on, Tom. Sausages. 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 <laughs> the thing is, he's having exactly the same conversation with Natasha yes. now that he was having with Kirsty then. Exactly. And he, he that was when have he was else in that his was life, does when he? he was becoming Sausage King. Yeah. Because that's when his sausage business was taking off, wasn't it? Yeah. Or he was focusing on it. Just before he started nobbing the supermarket woman. What? Who did he nob? When he was with Kirsty? Yeah. Did he have an affair? Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. Or do you mean sucking up to her, but I don't mean that literally. Do you mean... Uh, um, no, he did have an fancy. affair with her. Did he? I don't yeah. remember that. Was that one? I'm sure really? he did. Yeah. Oh, people are writing. Yeah. Um. Well, that was when they were very much together before the um, uh, ditching at the Didn't... aisle. Yeah. Go on. No, I don't know because I'm, 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 uh, yeah, I'm, the water's closing over my head again and I, sh- <laughs> I shouldn't keep talking because Uh-oh. I think I've got this wrong. You're flooding in Wales. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling out. Yes. I um, don't know. Someone email in and tell us. Yes, please. But, mm. but, but, but that was uh, Kirsty and Tom in an, in a nightclub. Yes. Uh, pre-marriage. But maybe the cracks are starting to show. Yes. Everyone's laughing at you, Tom. Including me. And also, was that old Tom? I think it was, wasn't it? Even though he does sound very similar to new Tom. Mm. But I think pre, mm. pre, pre-marriage pre was the old Tom actor, wasn't it? Because he went off to, to, what's it, didn't he? He went off to Canada and then came back. Why do they all go I, to Canada? I think um, that, and that was definitely after the marriage, wasn't it? Like yeah. So he, did he come back as a different character? Because normally yeah, they go abroad, yes, come back, and come back. Yes. A different person, there was, there was a break when Tom wasn't in it, yeah. and then when he came back, he was a lovely, um, the real lovely, Tony. Lovely break. Re- without Tom. Hang on, he is the real Tony Archer's son, isn't he? In real life, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But then Tony changed as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's all very confusing. <laughs> anyway. Love hearing a bit of vintage so Tom and Kirsty. We think they're clubbing James Everett and we think that Tom has been being boring about ready meals and Kirsty is telling him. <laughs> and we think this is before he started flirting or going out with the woman from uh, the food buyer Underwoods? from Underwoods right. who then dumped him, which was like a sort of karma oh. thing. Oh, okay. Okay. No, that was, sorry, I'm completely wrong. That was Brenda. He was going out with Brenda. Yes, and then yes, yes. and then had the affair, and then, yeah. Oh, I yes. see. So he had the affair while he was with Brenda. Yes, not when he was then, with Kirsty, and then got together with Kirsty. Yes. God, it's like living a real life because it's like my memories, my memories of my own family are just like this. <laughs> you know, you're, you know, like because when you go through your cousin's boyfriend and you're yeah. going, wasn't that? No, that was the other cousin. That yeah. was um, <laughs> no, that was before she met. Oh no, that was on dad's side. That you know, and you know, like you just can't you can't remember anything. No. It's dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> so we have not only do we have to remember our own family. We have to remember a fictional family. <laughs> a whole village of them. It's <laughs> oh, a nightmare. Without any records. Yes. I know. Except for James Everett. <laughs> it's Mr. Archive. Um uh, Matt Rodriguez Payne, who he has uh, emailed us as well. 
and said, can I mention, with absolutely no surprise, of the massive entitlement from Lizzie and Lily, firstly being yes. in shock that a worker chooses to earn more money by changing <laughs> jobs and showing no loyalty to them, secondly with Lily getting Chelsea to snoop on other employees for her. <laughs> yes. Well, she did say it's the same money, but obviously they said that uh, uh, at Gay Grables they got membership at the gym and lunches. And they also probably just get a better boss, someone who's interested in them. Yeah. They feel a bit more enthused about the future. Yeah. (laughs) I used to work very occasionally at a incredibly, not even a stately home, it's just a big house near where my parents (laughs) used to live. uh, live. And um, uh, and that was... It was just, we were just washing up in these enormous, but washing up the tea things. I was a waitress and a washer upper, washing up the tea things in this enormous butler's sink in water that you got from an urn and had to stagger over oh, to these butler's God. sinks with. Oh, um, and, it, it, oh God, you know. <laughs> no modern Tiled floors that smashed, smashed things. If you even looked at them, the thing that you were holding <laughs> broke in your hand and... Oh, Everything was miles away from everywhere else, and there was absolutely, you know, and a grumpy boss, and yeah, uh, a being grumpy paid boss. two pounds fifty an hour or something, and yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't I it? I can't there imagine a... that's what Lower Luxley's like. Yeah, they're just complacent, and yeah. they assume people what the, want the privilege well, of working there. The complacency showed when she was recruiting volunteers to be tour guides, yes, exactly, and then forcing them to sort of do a test. Rather than going, thank you so much. We are unbelievably grateful. She's like, "Mm, I'm not sure if you're what we're looking for. (laughs) I know that was more Freddie than her. Unbelievable. Flipping heck. Yeah, the 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 entitlement is just oh, so cringy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I also did think Denise was very badly behaved. She really was. But she is being paid. And to be fair, although I don't like those massive conglomerates that own every independent vet now but they if they're saying try upsell the customer you can still do that without yeah doing it fraudulently you can still say you can say like oh if you're gonna buy your um joint care whatever buy it from us yeah i think she was sort of uh projecting her anxiety about fancying alistair and still being married and Working yeah, with Paul that, and all that, I think yeah. she's projecting all that onto onto Le- this level. James wanting them to sell more things, and it wasn't anything to do with that, really. Um, I really liked the yeah the dance the dance lesson when yeah. suddenly John turned up. Yeah, and Alistair had to have an awkward conversation with him. Yeah, I, it's it's quite interesting, isn't it? That tension because. And it's Alistair's so lovely, yes, clumsy when he said, I think I you just know. look beautiful. You look amazing. Oh, <clears throat> um, yeah. So Natasha you cool. was like, <laughs> I'll leave you like, to it then, shall I? In a room. <laughs> I thought she was going to say to Paul, oh, my God, the sexual chemistry between those yeah. two. And then he was going to flip out. But yeah. obviously, obviously, he hasn't seen it yet. But it is. I Yeah, I, I, I do really enjoy their relationship. It's the the and the and the fact that you could just see that Alistair sort of drooling over her in her leotard while she was. I was trying to work out what Alistair would have been wearing. I think he would have been wearing jogging bottoms and a t-shirt, don't you? Yeah, because he does run, he, doesn't he? Exactly. That's that's the thing. I reckon he's probably in quite decent mm. sort of you know yes. manly shape, Lucy. Yes. 
And he has nice warm hands. Does <laughs> <laughs> he? Oh yeah, because do you remember when he oh, when yes. um, he rubbed yes. oh, that was a bit orcs, wasn't it? Yes. When yes. he rubbed her hands and there was a sound of it like this. <laughs> that went Somebody on for ages needs with no one talking. <laughs> some carex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they sounded really dry. It's a lot like of dry leaves <laughs> rubbing together on an autumn floor. Oh, Alistair. <laughs> Alice, no, what's she call him? Alistair. She's, Denise has got a, a special way of saying his name. Yes, she? Alistair. Alistair, I think she calls okay. him. Your hands are so dry. I mean, warm. They're so warm. Yeah, and he said they're always warm, oh. which is, I think is an incredible thing for a person. I have cold hands because I've got that, you know, that Rainer's thing. Yeah, uh, okay. Which is an unattractive feature. But for someone, as long as they're not sweaty, yeah. for someone to have warm hands must mean they have a warm heart. Well, no, you're supposed to say warm hands, cold heart. Oh, is it? I have to say, he's going to kill me, but anyway, oh, I'm going to say go it anyway. What's, what's Jeff got? Jeff has got incredibly, he's always warm got hands. really warm, dry hands. <laughs> and they're I lovely. Don't... I don't mean dry like, you know. <laughs> flaky. Flaky, no, oh. just but just not sweaty. Never, never, never sweaty. And they're um, not moist. No, ooh, no. And I, if no, I if, I've, if my knee is hurting or my back is hurting, <laughs> I say, "Can you put your hand on my back?" And it's oh, lovely. It's like a lovely electric wow. blanket. It's just he gorgeous. can all, he can do Reiki then probably. Probably, I think he'd rather no, eat his own I, foot, but he could. I, yes, I think that is an attractive feature. It is very attractive. Feature. Whereas warm, moist. No, hands, that's no, hit, that no. damp. No, no. <laughs> And anyway, they're not warm if they're damp because they're kind of no, clammy, clammy and clammy, cold. Yes. And, Write in if you have warm hands. <laughs> <laughs> we will pay you a special visit to check. Or I might pimp Jeff out to go and put his hands on <laughs> listeners. On <laughs> then we'll all get arrested immediately. Maybe not. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Right. Uh, this week's sketch is, I think... Ah, oh, Yes. I think it is the fashion show. Yay! This week. <laughs> Which I do not approve. <laughs> yes, Harriet's favourite fashion show. So we will now cross over to the bull. Paul. Hello. Shh. Shush now. Please stop your speaking from when I say shush. Jolene, make them stop. Shut it. Oh, that was very impressive. Works on Kenton. Now, listen, you lot. This is a proper dress rehearsal. Pay attention. Models and helpers, listen up. Thank you, Jolene. Now, as my esteemed colleague just say, this wandering jumble sale is due to happen on an unspecified as yet but quite near date. So we have got to get this right, as otherwise we just end up with a pub full of old clothes and people in too much makeup. Friday night at the ball, then. Models, I know you are trying your hardest, but please remember at the very minimum to stand straight with good posture. At the moment, you look like old ladies shuffling round Aldi. It's like the devil wears Daymart. Straight backs, chest out. 
Imagine you are clutching a two-pound coin between buttocks. I am. It's the only place I can keep the milk money safe for Middy. Think model. Think Cat Moss. Although there was no need for you to develop actual coke problem, Chelsea. I just sniff a lot, that's all. Do we have an air makeup schedule yet, Fabrice? I am work on it. Basically, we need to get people done and on catwalk as soon as possible before all slide off sideways. It is quite hot in here. Jolene, is the catwalk finalised? They come down here, between the peanuts and the fruit machine, then turn by the gents and end up striking a pose by the box of scampi fries. What about backstage? Do we have makeup chairs? Of course we don't. We are in toilet. We have a stepladder, though. So, models, listen up. If you are tall, you sit at the bottom of stepladder and Chelsea do you. If you are shorter, sit on top of stepladder and I do you. And if you are scared of height, sit on Lou. Blimey, this is a health and safety nightmare. I've got cables everywhere under the bar. Andy Cardboard's put a boot through the cellar trap door. And Emmer smeared foundation all over me optics. Well, this is fashion, Jolene. Live with it. You're no better. Parking your woo-hoo under the dartboard. I did not want it to get iced up. It is fine. People can squeeze round it. Who is going to be doing the announcements? You know. And here we have Ruth Archer slumping along in Joy Orville's old duffel coat, which she has teamed with a bootleg jean and some of Kate Aldridge's tie-dye rubbish rescue from a tip sort of thing. I don't know, I hadn't thought of that. I mean, I can, if you like. Possibly through the medium of song. No! I mean, no. Thank you. I I think your talent best sorted elsewhere. But who could we have, then? Oh, Christ! Kenton's found his megaphone! I really thought burying the thing at the bottom of the Lillette's dispenser would have stopped him. Right, that's it. I need to rethink all creative process. If you want me, I will be in disabled toilet. Jolene, I am going to need a cosmopolitan and some Doritos to aid the thought. Come along, Chelsea. Mia's coming over shortly. She might help. Oh, God. In that case, lock the door. Thank you very much for Breeze and Harriet being everyone else. Um, and now we're going to uh, end with <laughs> Matt Rodriguez Payne is delighted with himself because he said, <laughs> I have actually got a palpable link that is so appropriate. <laughs> this week's theme is O Fortuna from Carmina Burana by Carl Orff. And the reason is its common connection with all things demonic it literally means, he's quoting from Classic FM, it literally means, oh, fate. And it is a lament about the inescapable power of fate, a central theme to Roman and Greek mythology in which fate is a force that rules both gods and mortals. Ooh. And what can be more fateful than the legacy of Rob yes. Titchener, i.e. a final attempt to control things from beyond the grave? Yes. Mm. Oh, Matt. Yes. That is a good one. Right, you ready? I'm excited, yes. This sounds like it's going to be a lovely tune. Yes, it is. Um, Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Thank you for rating. Thank you for Patreoning. 
Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for reviewing. Anyone want to do any New Year reviews? Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for writing in to us Thank as well. you. Oh, yeah. Thank you for yes. writing in. Be quite a quick show if you didn't. So yeah. good, really. <laughs> I really, really would. <laughs> but, I mean, we'd have more Friday evening. We would. Of but, an evening. you know, we don't do anything with our Fridays anyway. So it's really nice. I just sit in silence being sad. I've already got my dressing gown on, so I don't care. Oh, and my face lovely, pack. Lucy. And yes. your face. How's it going under there? It's all right, actually. It's Is got it a bit... warm and clammy? No, it's gone. it's gone quite smooth and not sticky anymore so presumably it's done whatever it's supposed to do i but can't is even it a, remember what it's supposed is it to like do. a cover or is it a cream that you're going to wash off it's a gel and i'm going to go and wash it off oh okay oh, it was supposed see. to be on for 10 minutes it's been on for 73 <laughs> minutes and 30 <laughs> oh. seconds so let's oh. see what happens jolly mm. it might be a bit raw under there yeah oh ooh, do you know what i did today i walked the dog on the beach and uh, there's a part where you go off the beach back to the car park that sort of swirls all the sand up like a oh, like God, a little yeah. sort of like you're whirling dervishy thing. Windy Portugal. Yeah. Yes. And I got a grain of sand <gasps> between my eyelid and my contact lens. Oh, no. Oh, Can no. you imagine what it was like trying to oh, drive no. back with one eye just weeping oh, continually? Oh, God, God, it hurt. Could you not have taken that? Was it too dangerous to take the contact lens out? My eyes are so bad that it would have been, even driving home with one weeping eye would have been better than, yeah. How did you get it out then? Um, I had to use an eye wash thing. It's happened happened before once, so I sort of knew what to do. Um, But, uh, yes. Oh, look, we're talking about eyes again. Yes. Pekinji's tree. Trees. Yes. Interesting. Did you see any of them when you were weeping? No, I didn't. Thank God. I was too busy going, oh, 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 oh you Lucy. <laughs> to get home. God, the amount of crying you've done today. I know. <laughs> but it was so awful because it was such a lovely walk. It was really oh, sunny yeah, and gorgeous. gorgeous. And then I just... <laughs> <laughs> I look like I've been punched in one eye now because well, it's again, gone all kind of fate. That yes. grain of sand didn't yes. have to hit you there. No, but it did. But it did. Right, oh, you ready for a bit of O oh, Fortuna? Yeah, and thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> thanks for listening. That's all right, Harriet. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was trying to think of an ending. Okay. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. That's the ending. Thank, goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.